Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Joining us now on the line is Seth Fransman, who's a Middle East analyst and former research associate at the Rubin Center for Research and International Affairs at the Interdisciplinary Center, Herzila, and also a lecturer in American Studies at Al-Quds University. Seth, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I hope I got your name right and all your designations. Welcome again. Well, thank you so much for having me. Great. Thank you and welcome aboard, Seth. Uh, yeah, great to join us to discuss what's uh, transpiring in Israel at the moment. Chatting to Roland Marks earlier on, wow, I just handed literally the section over to and uh, so much is going on right now at the moment. But what we're going to be doing is uh, looking at, uh, well, generally, generally the Arab world's uh, reaction and, shall we say, take on issues happening in Israel at the moment, in particular Iran. And uh, my first question to you would be, how would you interpret Iran's reaction or take on what's going on in Israel right now? Well, I think that Iran is is certainly taking a bit of a wait-and-see approach. I mean, Mm -hmm. Iran's regime has predicted for many years that, you know, Israel would implode and fall apart because Iran knows that it cannot confront Israel militarily, so right. it prefers domestic chaos inside Israel. And I think it won't, but it, I think, of course, it doesn't want to misjudge the situation and then do something that leads to um, escalation. Indeed, indeed. So, and in contrast, how does this? Uh, how do you think this impacts, or rather, affects other Arab nations, for that matter? You know, Israel has you know new and close relations with several. Gulf states such as the United Arab Emirates and, and Bahrain. Indeed. Uh, and it has, uh, has relations with Jordan and Egypt and Israel has, you know, no, has no relations with some countries such as Qatar or Iraq. So there's going to be a mixed reading of this in the Arab world. I do think that some people are looking at this as a kind of Israeli spring that's similar to the Arab spring in 2011, but mm-hmm. many people in the region know that the Arab spring led to chaos, civil war, uh, conflict and then a, p- a political vacuum in which authoritarianism generally uh, creeped in. So I think that they will wonder whether Israel will go down the road of authoritarianism or whether it will lead to chaos uh, inside the country. And I guess if, it, if the concern is chaos, the countries of the Gulf or those countries that rely on Israel as having a kind of stable, advanced, uh, very powerful technological uh, government, right. they will wonder if all that is going to continue. Seth, uh, looking at uh, okay, the countries you just outlined now, uh, some of them being signatories to the Abraham Accords, um, what what impact do you think this is going to have on this uh, on this uh, arrangement of uh, signatories belonging to this uh, this uh, group? Well, at the moment, I think it will have no real impact. I think there was just another deal signed with the UAE recently. I mean, there are long term processes at work, so those processes right. won't won't change overnight. But I think there is a question, you know, if, for instance, uh, Israel's enemies take advantage of this and there is chaos or more attacks in the West Bank, right. and then there is escalation, or let's say Netanyahu's government chooses to to uh, act on that escalation and then launch a conflict in order to distract from the chaos at home, is it possible that that could leave the extremists that are within his, some parts of his uh, administration to then, you know, cause offense in the Gulf, and that would create a negative rea- reaction that leads to a downturn in relations. I think all of those possibilities are in the cards. Sure. Um, Saudi Arabia, this is, a, this is a one player, if we could use that term, which uh, Israel would, would uh, want to come on board with the Aram Accords uh, uh, shall we, agreement, shall we put it uh, that way. What do you think they're reading from this? 
Well, Saudi Arabia certainly would like to see stability and normalcy in Israel. And it also, I think, is waiting to see that if it can get something in return for a peace deal. We've seen the Saudis now reaching out to the Iranians. It seems to me that Saudi's main priority now is trying to figure out this new Iran deal that it's worked on with the Chinese and hopefully cause that to make the Yemen conflict end. And some people have said, well, that means that Iran might move the money it's investing in Yemen to threaten Israel and Syria. So there is, there can be sort of a blowback from that question mark. I don't think a Saudi deal is in the cards because it's not clear how Netanyahu could give the Saudis anything they want in terms of the West Bank stuff because, you know, Netanyahu's coalition government has quite far right people within it who are, right. whose constituency is people in the West Bank who would make that very difficult. Seth, how do you read the Israeli situation? Just very quickly, how do you read the Israeli situation right now? What is transpiring at the moment? How, what is your take on that? Well, I, I, I think this is part of Israel's five years of basically political chaos in which Netanyahu has had basically, instead of sharing power and creating a coalition government uh, that works, he's chosen to have endless elections and then chose to bring into his administration uh, more far-right voices as opposed to more centrist and partner with them and basically divide the center and other parts of this, uh, the politics. And he thrives off of this chaos. And I do right. think that it's entirely plausible that he launched this judicial reform and hoodwinked some of the people in his coalition into pushing it, knowing that it will create chaos, so that he can then climb down from it in the end and appear to broker a deal. The question is whether he's, of course, gone too far now. But I think that there is a bit of a um, Machiavellian aspect here. He prefers chaos because it means everyone has to wait every day to see what he will do tomorrow instead of having a stable, normal government in which ministers actually do what they're supposed to do and everyone kind of doesn't have to hang on uh, one man's every word. Indeed, Seth, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you for your insights and your breakdown into uh, you know, what can one, one can anticipate uh, in terms of reaction from the Arab world right now, considering uh, what is taking part in Israel. Seth, thank you so much for joining us uh, this afternoon to just give us that breakdown. Seth Fransman, Middle East analyst and former research associate at the Rubin Center for Research in International Affairs at the Interdisciplinary Center and a lecturer in American Studies at Al-Quds University.